G'day and greetings. You are listening to the 16th ever episode of the second ever season of the Plebs on Footy podcast. I'm sure you're all stoked to hear that I am still your host, Scott Fotheringham. And this time I am joined by someone who we don't really like on the pod, to be honest. <laughs> Ditch us too early, but I'm joined by Liam Halverson. How are you going? Oh, good, mate. How are you? I'm not too bad. Look, you're pretty much an enemy of the pod, aren't you? Yeah, um, but I've done my best. I'm going to try and be the best replacement for Rory O'Can. So I spent no time watching footy this weekend. Done well. Um, I didn't watch much either. I was a bit gutted after Friday yeah, night. <laughs> yeah. Built up some bias about North that I've got ready to go. Oh, that's good. And that's what we like. Most importantly, I st- um, stared at a picture of Josh Kelly for two hours. Oh, so okay. I'm, I'm set. So you're ready to go. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's quite a good start. I, I quite like that. Um, we do need to quickly bag our producer again. Why he's still not here? He's working this time. I was disappointed he didn't make the away trip up to Queensland. Yeah. And then, as I said, the following week he decided to go up to Queensland when we were back in Melbourne doing the pod. And now he's working. Mate, he's just teasing you guys. He just I think he actually just doesn't want to be on the pod, but he's not a good enough no, guy. Not that you can talk, mister. I'll, you said at the start of the pod, <laughs> I will be your producer the entire way through. You did two. <laughs> and then you just ditched us and you've sat in on about two other ones. So Mate, you're a bit of a dog, but at least you're helping us out now. I come in at your time of need. That's all I say. Yeah, fair enough. Anyway, let's get into a, everyone's favourite segment. I, I love that I can say that, and I don't say it about any other segments. Everyone's favourite segment, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. Uh, the title derives from a line of Happy Gilmore, Gold Jacket, Green Jacket, who gives a shit. And we give 3-2-1 votes for the most meaningless games of the round. And, and once again... Tough round to give votes for. It's been a tough season for old Gold Jacket, Green Jacket. It's battling along. Uh, one vote I'm going to give to St Kilda and Frio. St Kilda defeated Frio by nine Ooh. points. I know it wasn't a bad game. That but was a good game. It, the favourite one in the end, that was the main reason. I, they, pretty much every game meant something this season. And they were, most of them were pretty close. And I just... St Kilda, I don't think they're going to make it. Frio, they're not going to make finals. Frio almost definitely aren't. It was a close game, but in the end, the favourite one, and I just thought, but I've got to put it in there. Did you see the end of that game, though? That was a ripping did, end actually. of the game. I, I managed to watch, watch the last quarter. Yeah. But that's all I managed to watch. From, was... it, it felt to me like the entire last quarter, it was just going to be a classic Frio game, where they you just don't think they they deserve to win, and they just pull it out at the end. Thanks to Walters, mate. I think, like. Oh, how good was he? Oh, my God. He is a gun. I've always loved him. He's been a very, very underrated footballer for yeah. a long time. Oh, he's so good. Um, the other thing which came out of this game, and the most important thing, is that I think we have a contender in the sloppiest rig category. <laughs> the whole way through, it's been a clear Jeremy McGovern, oh, but yeah. we have the kid Darcy. He's a 19-year-old ruckman. He, he, he has a very sloppy rig, but to his credit, he played really well. He could be a good good player. Matt, a 19-year-old ruckman, how often do you see a 19-year-old kid come out and play ruck and look good? It, it does not happen often at all. It, it, it was actually quite exciting to see. He was a real sort of presence. They were always sort of kicking it long down the line to him. He, he was quite important, but... Uh, yeah, the rig need, need, needs a bit of work. Mate, the big issue, though, with yes. a ruckman and their rig is they usually get a bit bigger and stronger as they get older, mate. That rig, that could get better over time. And that's oh, not I, I, well, I, <laughs> that is upsetting. <laughs> but I, think, I reckon he will eventually take over McGovern because apparently McGovern actually did cut down a fair bit of his weight and he still has that sloppiest rig. It, it just, it, <laughs> he obviously can't. just can't build muscle. It just doesn't look like he builds yeah, muscle. Some, some people are like that. And I'm... You know, I'm not hopeful <laughs> for Darcy. We but, want those bad rigs. But anyway, moving on. Two votes. Uh, Adelaide defeated Carlton by 12 points. And again, this is really, really harsh to give it. And it's harsh to Carlton because they just 
they just keep impressing impressing me. They're not even a dangerous team anymore. They're they're, no. they're a good team. Oh, they always play well. Their structure works really well. Um, yeah, and Adelaide supposedly we all thought they were going to put them away. No, they were great. Do you have any doubts on Adelaide? Their last couple of months haven't been terrific. They they've managed to win enough games that they're still sitting second on the ladder, and I still think they're the second best team. But I, they seem to be... They're, they're, they're questionable now after just an incredible run to start the year. They seem to have plateaued a bit. They're kind of cruising, I think. They haven't really destroyed teams like they were. They've looked bad. They've lost some games. I don't know. Um, I, maybe I, it's all Rory's formula. Maybe they've just they've been figured out. The man out the back yeah, of the well, Yeah, possibly. But that's actually becoming a tactic in a lot of footy. Like, yeah. That was... Um, we'll get to it. But uh, the, the Hawthorne-Collingwood game. That was for most of the game. They just had a man sitting out of the back, yeah. which Hodge is just the, the perfect footballer for. Oh, yeah. um, so that's not just a tactic against Adelaide. But, yeah, obviously there there, there are a few question marks there, but I, I still think they're quite clearly in the top two teams yeah. in the comp. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so moving on, I'm happy to give three votes to North again. It's, it's happened a few uh, times this year. I, I don't think it's out of spite. I think it's genuine. But to, So Gold Coast defeated North by 19 points, and to those teams we say... And to think you ditched us as a producer. You are so much better than anyone else we've ever done it. Cleanest you will ever see. <laughs> that was the first, your first go as well. I said to you, do a few practice runs and you were all cocky. You said, I don't need it. I just go straight off the bat. And it was perfection. Mate, it's just confidence. Having confidence is all that it takes. We need you back in the producer's chair. I'm, <laughs> I'm very disappointed in you. Yeah. Um, my reasoning for giving these three votes, I mean... It was a contested result. That was one of the reasons which you probably couldn't give it. But North at second on the ladder. Gold Coast are not a good side. They're not going to make finals. Um, and it was 19 points. Reasonably comfortable in the end. Yeah. I, I thought, do you, do you agree with me on this one? Or are you going to be a, a North? Are uh, you going to be a Rory? Look, I'm, I'm trying to put my Rory glasses on. I really am. But we were down by kind of... We were, the margin was about that for most of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it was 17th v 14th. It's interesting for us because now we're a genuine chance at number one draft pick now, which is um, yeah. Well, so Brisbane are up to three wins now. You're on four, aren't yeah. you? <sighs> you'll you'll win, you'll win a few more games. Uh, You've I been know, stiff. I, I have to be fair. I reckon Brad Scott has found the perfect way to tank. You don't move players around, put them in weird positions. You just play a whole lot of kids that have no idea what the hell to do at the end of a game. And then you lose them all, you get your first draft pick, and it's great. And it they're works. still developing because they're still sort of trying to win, but they just have no idea what to do late. Exactly. I mean, yeah, you look, uh, uh, you can say you've been stiff. I'm going to say you've been stiff because you're a better team than a 17th ranked team. Yeah. But, I mean, you know, it is your fault in many ways. Like, oh, yeah. You, you've, you've blown a lot of close games, which once it becomes a... A pattern throughout the season yeah. that, that becomes questionable But considering I, I think it's quite clear Everyone knows you're rebuilding So yep. I, It's not the end of the world And if you finish 17th Playing some reasonable footy Eh yeah. Not, not the end okay of the world okay But I did say to Rory At the start of the year You're going to finish bottom four And it looks That's, um, that's happening <laughs> And he wasn't too impressed Um you're a better team than I thought you were, but it, I could be right. But I feel like you're saying that about better. everyone at the bottom of the ladder is they're better than we thought they were, but they're still going to end up in those yeah. crappy positions. Yeah, it's bloody, bloody weird footy. Mm. But let's get into, into oh, I was going to say, into the good <laughs> stuff, but it's not going to be good stuff because it started on a very disappointing Friday night where Sydney defeated Melbourne by 35 points. Um, <laughs> look, there are two ways of looking at this game. 
The first is the fact we lost, which I'm actually not that upset about, and the fact we played poorly. And it's disappointing we played poorly on a Friday night because we don't get many of those games and the exposure. It 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 looked a little bit embarrassing. But we played four games in well, how many days 18 days or whatever yeah. we have ridiculous injuries we looked exhausted we looked out on our feet and I could just I, it was a very explainable loss and I can I can move on from that the other way of looking at it is god we're buggered with injuries now oh yeah like feel- it's actually absurd now we're, we're as bad as GWS ours aren't as long term that's the one thing but in terms of the players we have out at the moment we have our three best forwards out we have four top line midfielders out both of our captains, like we, we are genuinely gutted, and it's actually like I'm start. I'm back to thinking it'll be a good effort making finals. Yeah, it's um, I'm not going to be able to keep my Rory glasses on here, unfortunately, because I do like Melbourne. Yeah, I know. Unlike you do. him, most people do. I oh, like the team, um, but oh, you, you feel for you guys, honestly, losing Jones and Viney in subsequent weeks. <laughs> you had to battle so hard getting Gorn back, and now you're losing everyone else. It's tough. Um, but also, you could just tell you guys didn't really have the legs for Sydney, which is odd because Sydney don't usually run people off their feet anyway. I don't think they did run you off your feet anyway, but... They, they smash us in the contest. Yeah, well, that's they'd be one of, if not the best contest team in the yeah. NFL at the moment. I, I, watching the game, there were, there were two things which really stood out to me in how far behind we were and how poorly we were playing. Firstly, we basically didn't hit a tackle. Like they, they just stepped around us. And that we've been awesome at that all year. We're the best pressure team in the comp. That's been our number one thing. We just couldn't apply a tackle. The other thing which stood out to me was our forward structure looked really poor. Like there were a few times which we managed to break through and then we just have nothing to kick to. I think that's just a factor of the fact we've been playing the small forward line for so long, which has managed to work because we've been winning in the midfield. And I've, I've said it before, when you have space forward and you're winning in the midfield you can get it in quick and you can have a really dangerous looking forward line. But when you're not winning in the midfield, it can make you look awful. And it looked really, really bad for us. And especially when you don't have a player like Jeff running into that space. Like yeah. He's very, very important to us. Um, I, I do want to have a little bit of a bitch about our bloody three six-day breaks. Like that is, that is, that does not happen often. And there is no doubt it's taken a toll on, on us. And like it's not, it's not just the fact that it's been unfair in terms of losing... It's like it's actually player welfare issues. Like we've had a lot of injuries through this period. I don't think there's any question that if we'd had reasonable breaks, I reckon Watts would be fine because Watts was trying to push to come back in time. He had a hamstring issue and it was a short break, and he he did it again at training. He wouldn't have had to do that if he could take another couple of days off. Garlett was exactly the same. It's it's not good. We we like. I'm a bit frustrated. I can tell, mate. I can <laughs> tell. Um, well, has anyone else had? Consecutive six-day breaks like that—it doesn't happen often. Yeah, I, 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 I don't know exactly, but um, I think Goodwin said after the game that he—he's very rarely seen it before. Yeah. It, it, like it, you get a couple, and teams deal with that. But three in a row with, with Perth in the middle. Perth, the, the Perth road trip, which yeah. you know that's the toughest trip in footy. You got to do that, bookended by six-day breaks. It's not easy, but yeah. mate. You're trying to distract from the most important issue that came out of this game. Oh, yeah, I know this was coming. Mate, Melbourne footy players are thugs and they're dickheads. It's official now. It's official. We knew it already. Me and Rory have been pushing this message already. It's official now. Tom Bug has just sealed the fate of the Melbourne Football Club as a bunch of thugs. Tom, Tom Bug is 
is a dickhead. So there's no <laughs> question about it. Rory would probably love him. He, he fits in Rory's category. He, he is the right kind of dickhead, yeah. Um, I like him just because he's on my team. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I would despise him if he was on any other team. No, he's a dickhead. Jordan Lewis has some questionable qualities. Bernie Vince is a niggler. I've discussed this before. I think he's a cute niggler. A cute niggler? I think he's a cheeky niggler. He's not a dog niggler. I think there is a, there's a difference. Outside of that, I, I don't think we have a team focus on being thugs and being dickers. I don't think it's a team thing, which is what I've said about North in the past. That there's, yeah. there's been this whole, like, playing the man, trying to show you the big boys. I, I don't quite see that in Melbourne. I see some individual players who can overstep the line. Yeah. Which isn't good and it's hurt us this year. But I, most of our players, and right from the top, I've never seen... Viney's been questioned a couple of times because he goes so hard in the Tribune, but I've never seen him play the man instead of the ball. No, Nathan Jones, I don't think has ever... I don't, can't think of a time he's ever been reported. He, he would have done something at some point. He was, he was a bit angry early in his career, wasn't he? I, I don't I don't recall... Uh, there's a difference between being angry and being... I, I don't remember any incident yeah. with Jones. Yeah. Um, his brother's been questioned. Question if you don't. He is an angry man, Zach Jones. Yeah, he's good though. Oh, he's good, yeah. Yeah, I, I really rate him. Uh, where are you sitting on the uh, Sydney's chances for finals? Oh, mate, book him in. Book a flight. Yeah. They're in. <laughs> I made the call a few weeks ago that I'm not going to make it. I'm not regretting it like I should be because yep. I'm just determined I'm going to stick by my calls from now on. Oh, that's a big call. So they're not going to make it. <laughs> but <laughs> my God, they're, they're very close now. They're so good. I'll tell you what. Whoever has to face them, because I'm guessing they'd still finish bottom four if they made it. You would be shitting yourself if you're. What if you're Richmond? You come fifth, and then you got to play Sydney first round of finals. Could well happen. Have this issue. You finally your first year. You've got it all together. You're going to win a final. You're going to push past all this. You get absolutely mauled by Sydney, and Hardwick has just left there. Like, what do I have to do? They have finished fifth before. Yeah, they lost tonight. <laughs> yeah, and lost. So. It, 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 that's extremely possible, and Sydney are a very dangerous team. Moving on, West Coast defeated the Western Bulldogs by seven points. You're rubbing your hands. You don't like the dogs. You're on the Rory, the Rory camp. Oh, you? mate, it's um. I think everyone's kind of gotten onto the same bandwagon, which is because all the stats have started coming up everywhere and on AFL.com and everything like that. Mm-hmm. The dogs are a shadow of their former selves. Every single stat which seemed to go along with them being good, like uh, contested possessions, mm-hmm. time in forward half, tackles in forward 50, they're all way, way, way down. They've gone from being first, second, third to tenth in the comp in each of those stats. And they just they look like they're lost. Where do you think they sit in the overall picture? Where, where, what, where do you think they'll finish and like, how good do you think they are? Are they the tenth best team? Are they the sixth best team? I had a, the thing is, I had a squiz at the run home today, because mm-hmm. instead of doing work. Um, and the dogs haven't got a particularly easy run compared to those around them. I think they could they finish... win the flag. That's um, ninth or tenth. It's that kind of nasty thing where I, you might need another... With, I think they've got seven wins, and they'll need another mm-hmm. five, and I don't think they can get five from their remaining games. So they might struggle. I'm not giving up on them. I like. I think I, anyone can make finals, so they can obviously make finals. Well, not everyone, but just about. Yeah. Um, and like, I, I still, I can still see of all of those teams in the middle. I still think they're the most likely to click at some point and to find it, just because I've seen them do it before, really. And they, we know that they play a good finals brand of footy, and 
the, my thing with them is like the media are killing me at the moment talking about them. Early on in the year, all the comments was their efforts great, but they're losing some games. They're not playing as well, but their efforts yeah. terrific. In a month, they've said it's a premiership hangover. Just be, at the moment, they're not playing. They don't have the hunger and the effort that they used to. But early on in the year, their, their effort was great. Like, I, I just think they've lost confidence. They, they, they feed off just the way that they play. They rely on such incredible confidence in the way they play. Yeah. They came out hungry as ever. It's not a premiership hangover. They came out as hungry as ever, lost a few games, lost some confidence, and now they're really questioning themselves. Yeah. The other thing, in terms of contested possessions, I, I think a lot of that is last year and getting extra men to the contest, and I think every team is doing that now. Yeah. So they don't have that advantage anymore. The other major thing is taking Johannesson out of the game. I think that's a, that, that's a massive thing. That was genius. I think it was Sydney who started doing that. Yeah, and Brilliant he idea. It's any good worked since. Ever, ever since. Made a massive impact on the dogs. There are reasons for it. It's not as simple. The no. easy, simple story is it's a premiership hangover. But they showed at the start of the year it's not that. There yeah. are other reasons for it. I agree. It's mitigating factors. The other big one, I think, is that not many people... They talked about it a bit at the start of the year, but not since. No third man up has killed them. Their, yeah, that's, their, their that's stoppage work is way down, and that's because they don't have a good ruckman and they're getting destroyed because of it. That's a good point. I don't think the the extra focus on throwing with the handballs has made that much difference. No, but third no. man up, yep, definitely. That that was another tactic which they implored brilliantly last year. And, yeah, that's another reason. Uh, good win for West Coast. Yep. Very good win for them, winning away from home. And um, he had. I'm still not convinced with them. No. But, no. you know, good on them. That's a big tick. Yep. Yeah. Anything else to say on that guy? Oh, stick a fork in bullies. They're done. No, I disagree. I, I'm still giving them a, a, a glimmer of hope. Glimmer. It's not a big hope, but a glimmer. Moving on, and this is a good game to talk about. Oh, yes. GWS and Geelong played off in a draw. What a draw. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, T-Hawk. Really, first, the fact that there was a draw in itself is very, very significant. Because I, I, the, the, the Fox Sports did a ladder predictor, and they had... I think it was from third to eighth, all even on points. And the, so oh, the wow. entire ladder was done based on percentage, which had Melbourne in fourth, because we had the second best percentage, Port Adelaide third. Yeah. Um, you chuck a drawer in there, that takes a lot of that out of the equation. Like That's actually, just of itself, is, is quite significant. It is. Um, obviously, the teams would take the win, preferably. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's uh, the draw could be a big, a big difference, especially GWS as well, because they'll probably be neck and neck with Adelaide, it looks like, throughout the season. So yep. those extra two points could matter. And Geelong and Port Adelaide. Port yeah. Adelaide have a great percentage. That was I, I didn't get to watch as much of this game as I would have liked, um, but it seemed like uh, Geelong... It was Geelong's game to lose at certain points. And in the end, you know, Tom Hawke could have won it for him. He was put in a position where he should have iced it. It was a pretty gettable shot. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's, it's a tricky shot after the siren. It's similar to Monday's one which Mundy's just such a good kick for goal. Um, that's not an easy kick, but the fact that he shanked it's not great. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we're probably lucky to sneak it in. Uh, we always say there's a winner and a loser out of a draw. Yeah. It generally is. Who do you think it is on this occasion? Again, I didn't watch that much of it, so I'm kind of shooting in the dark here, but I'm going to say because Geelong had the shot after the siren to win it, and they had the safety of... He had to kick it out of bounds for them to lose. So, really, GWS won because... They are. Uh, they kind of got away. Okay, so so close. So by the end of the game, Geelong had the chance to win it, and they didn't. Yeah. I still think as an overall concept, it's a big win for Geelong. 
yeah. solely for the reason they didn't have Selwood. And, oh, yeah, true. And if you draw against GWS without Selwood, yeah. like, the, the, that is 100% their biggest concern is that they rely on their two midfielders. And, yeah. like, that's bloody awesome that they, that they managed to pull that off. That's a good point. If I'd watched the game, I probably would have noticed that. <laughs> oh, just, just read about it. <laughs> that would have also, also helped. Um, but, yeah, I'm, I, I, I don't think it's the end of the world for GWS either. They're, no. they're scrapping enough wins and... Yeah, you know, they're sitting top of the ladder. They'll get get some reinforcements back, and I still think they'll win the premiership. You're you're also with us on the uh, GWS certainty of the flag bandwagon, aren't you? Not just this flag, the next seven flags yeah. as well. Okay, uh, yeah, yeah, you're in the eight in a row category. Eight in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, Richmond defeated Port Adelaide by thirteen points. Big oh. game. Two big stories to come out of it, being Richmond and Port Adelaide. Who do you want to start with? Oh, I don't want to talk about Richmond. I don't like when they actually succeed. Yeah, you don't like Richmond, do you? And I just... I, everyone... We had a lot of people over on Saturday night. We were flicking between the two games. Apart from the three Richmond supporters in the room, the other 30 all wanted Richmond <laughs> to blow that lead. It is just the most enjoyable sight in football as a neutral spectator to see Richmond drop a lead. It's fun. There's no doubt about yeah. that. Uh, how good do you think Richmond are? Oh, they're pretty good. Um, I think that there's an interesting thing to take out of this, which is the forward tag on Rance in the first half. That is that is an interesting one. I think Poochie had that question. It's meant to come yeah. up in the mailbag, but we, so, we, we can discuss it now. You brought it up. Yep, yeah, mate. It's, it's obviously... The tag is not just back. The tagger is everywhere. Soon we'll have 18 v 18 taggers. <laughs> I, I, I don't... That, that could be one of Stringer's innovations coming in. <laughs> I don't think it, it, it'd work too well. Um, do you think Tees will continue to tag Rance? I can see the logic in it, for sure. I, the fact he's a defender makes it a bit... Like, if you're trying to tag him, he can just turn around and go, I'll play with you one-on-one. He'll yep. completely dominate you and eventually get it on his terms. And in the second half, he was brilliant again. He was. So, you know, it doesn't quite work. But I, like, I can see teams trying it again. I mean, you, the biggest concern playing Richmond is you're going to have Rance floating across and pretty much stopping every single one of your ways into the 50. So... You know, get a player to lead out wide, be a bit of a dummy footballer and try to get Rance as far away from important yeah. areas as possible. And pressure him as soon as he gets the ball as well to kind of stop him from... Because he, he's great in those one-on-one contests. So you, you want someone who could potentially halve or win those contests with him and then it reduces his influence. But I don't, know, I don't see it being that great, honestly. It sounds yeah. like a pretty dumb idea. <laughs> yeah, I like. I, I think he's a good enough player that'll be all right. But I reckon some teams will try it. Yeah. I, I can definitely see the logic in it. Um, my thoughts on Richmond, like they, in terms of me being convinced of Richmond, it has been death by a thousand cuts. Like I, I've never watched a game of Richmond playing and thought they are great, mm. they are really good, they are a chance for the premiership. But it's just come to the point now where they've been so efficient and consistent for so long this season that you think, gee, are they all right? I, yeah. I, I, I can't. I think there are too many teams whose best is clearly better than Richmond's best. Yeah. So I think in finals where you expect teams to play their best. They should win a final. They are good enough to win a final. Oh, if they don't. I no. can't see them getting further than a prelim. I yeah. reckon that's the best. Pre- prelim would be good for them. I think they'd be happy with a prelim too because that means they've won a final. Yeah, that's, that's definitely the first thing on their checklist. Um, I, the thing that makes me... Well, I, I'm biased, obviously, and I'll admit my bias, which is a first on, on the podcast, someone admitting that they're biased. Um, that is a first. But yeah. <laughs> they just... It, when you've got a small forward line and you rely on winning the contest, as soon as you don't win the contest, you are screwed. And we saw that against Sydney. Teams mm-hmm. that are good in the contest, they should be able to beat them in a final-style game because they're, 
you can't rely on pinpoint accuracy into the forward 50 with a small forward line. And I think the thing to add to that is they're playing such a simple sort of brand where they're so direct that that quite often requires a contest to be won further up the ground. It's not, you know, yeah. holding on to possession. It's not uncontested footy. But they, like, they've won the contested ball so often this year that it's worked for them. Yeah. But it, uh, it does rely on them being in the contest. That, that is a good point. Uh, Port Adelaide, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking to all of my calls. Yep. So I refuse to jump on them. The flat track bully tag's been thrown out. Oh. It's been agreed upon by Hinkley, which was interesting. Um, I just... This game was similar to their loss to the West Coast, which was... I think they won inside 50s by 15 or something. They won, They actually won the... We were speaking about contested possession. Port Adelaide actually won the contested possession. They had more scoring shots. Could have easily won the game. It's a massive... It's a very, very, very disappointing loss for them. Because yep. they need a big scalp going forward. Um, but I just... Their, their best footy is too good. And I think eventually they'll get one of these wins and it'll click for them. I think they've got West Coast and Perth next week. They win that. They'll be fired up, and I think they'll be all right. They, they play us at some point. They'll beat us. That'll give them some confidence. I think that they also have another that showdown coming up as well. So That's they, huge. So they beat Adelaide. Like they, if they win one or two of those games, by the time they hit finals, they'll have a bit of confidence, and their best footy is really good. Yep. Um, mate, I am on the Port Bandwagon. You like the Port I, Bandwagon? I like the Port Bandwagon, mate. I've bought a ticket. I've jumped on. It's great. I'm, I'm liking it. I think Rory would have been against me on this one. I think he's liking the flat track bully tag with him. But, no. Um, it's, the thing with the flat track bully is it's not like they're just beating up on teams at home. This is this is a thing where it's um, they're getting very close and it just looks like just one or two things need to click. Exactly And they'll right. start really putting up some good performances. Um, and I think in, in finals that they play a type of footy that, that could that. really challenge even the best teams, as we've seen this year. So. Yep. yep, very, very well said. We like, <laughs> we like Port Adelaide. <laughs> Moving on, interesting result here. Brisbane defeated Essendon by eight points. And oh. you, you, look, you look happy about it. Oh, are we calling it? Are we calling it? I, I think we have to be fair. We have to be fair and call it. Go for it. Mate, Essendon are the new <laughs> Richmond. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it has to be said. I mean, we were so harsh on Richmond where they lost a couple of games in in fashion where they just they just shouldn't. They choked. Yeah. The last two by Essendon have been worse. They, they have been. They, they were up by over three goals with three minutes to go on the clock against Sydney and lost the game. Yep. This they were up by, what, five goals in the last quarter. Assume they were going to win the game. Yep. Mentally weak, I think, is a pretty fair tag for them. Yep. I, I, I've seen their best footy, and it's great. But uh, mentally fragile is definitely an issue, and it's now going to be very tough for them to make finals. Yeah, I, I would say that they're looking at their run as well. They're pretty unlikely to make finals. Um, but... Oh. There's just something about seeing teams blow those leads that is just so so entertaining. And Essendon's extra satisfying. Yeah, yeah. I'm still um, still not a fan of them. You know, I'm holding the Asada stuff against them. Not fans. I just don't like how cocky their supporters are. They don't deserve to be. Their club's been a load of crap the last few years. They brought it all upon themselves. They don't deserve to be cocky. It upsets me. Brisbane, I've actually, two weeks in a row, I've been asked the question by Banjo and Mailbag. I didn't put it in because I knew we'd talk about it. Yep. have they turned the corner? They've started. They've um, signed some important players, which they've never been able to do in the past. They're playing far more competitive footy. They're picking off some important wins like this. What are, what are your thoughts? Brisbane, I'm just happy to see that we've got 18 competitive teams in a, in a league mm-hmm. for once. Um, I'll tell you what, they're, they're, they're looking good. I'm enjoying watching them play, which is 
you know, that's always a good sign if you're enjoying watching a team that says something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they've got some, they've got a decent framework there, you'd say. They've got some good young kids. Hipwood's uh, good. Hipwood is really raw, but my God, has he got some talent. Yeah, yeah. Um, he could be anything. Their midfield, if they can keep everyone fit, their midfield's really quite good. I've always thought they've had a really pretty tough midfield. Mm. I think they did under Leppage as well. It's probably yeah. the only thing Leppage taught them. <laughs> Didn't teach them how to play the game. But Oh, mate. Leppage, the rolling potato. Look what happens as soon as we, Pod has been calling for his head Thank since you. it since Thank it you very much. Thank Look you. what happens when he's I, gone. I told you that the, my exact words were they will become a competitive team Look without up. without Leppage there. Fagan in half a year, all of a sudden, look at him. They might not even get the wooden spoon. I will pat myself on the back. Oh, on that mate. One. I'm you very happy with I'll that give one. you that one. I'll give you that one. Turn the corner is a strong word. I don't know if they're quite there, but it's great to see they're improving. Yeah. Yeah, good on them. Uh, last game of the round, another upset. A Hawthorne defeated Collingwood by 24 points. That's, um, that's got to be it for Bucks. Torpedo, he's sunk, surely. <laughs> How many times have we said that? <laughs> he, like, he, he shouldn't still be coaching. He just shouldn't. And I, no. Stringer, Stringer said on a Saturday night as a passionate Collingwood fan, he said he reckons he'll stay. He says he doesn't think there are any better options and Eddie won't want, won't want to sack him. But uh, it has to happen at some point. If, Collingwood, if he survives this year, Collingwood have bucked every trend that we've seen throughout the AFL system yeah. in terms of coaches. I just don't know how you could possibly argue to keep a guy which the team's gotten worse under every single year. And I don't know if they... Where did they finish last year? No, not, the, not as bad as they yeah, are now. Because so, they're looking yeah. like they might finish in the kind of 12th to 14th region, potentially. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, they are going down again. So it's just, how can you keep a coach that's making your team worse and worse from year to year? And, and I'm sure there are coaching issues. I, I, I pointed them out on the pod before. The interesting one this week, weird selection decisions. I mean, Ben Reid not being picked... I, I, I'm very happy for Lyndon to, to be in his spot. As as you know, he's the, the hero of the pod, Lyndon, and we're very excited to see him doing well. Of course. And interestingly enough, Mason Cox, who was brought in, actually played really well. He was a real... I, I, I managed to watch a snippets of the replay of this game. Yeah. Um, really big presence. Took a few marks, which was just... He's just too big, yep. which is which is good to see. He played well, but Reed is just too good a footballer to be playing BFL. Yeah. He's a good defender, and he's a pretty dangerous forward when he goes forward. Play him either end. Yeah. He should be in there. Stringer was also pissed off about the fact that uh, Jackson Ramsey was in the team. He reckons he's one of the worst footballers he's ever seen. I've seen him <laughs> make a few howling mistakes, um, but I don't know. I don't know enough about Collingwood. They're too bad to watch, I reckon. Yeah, the, the one thing which I, from watching bits of the replay that I picked out of this game, was it was a very. It seemed to be a very early on, especially a very sort of methodical, calculated game. Some sort of slower ball movement. It was as we discussed. We had Hodge sitting right off the back, just directing all traffic. Yeah, I'm not sure who Collingwood had, but they had one as well. And it was like it just looked like a Hawthorne game. Like it was on Hawthorne's terms. That's exactly how Hawthorne want the game to be played. Just uncontested footy, just slicing their way through the zone. Um, Collingwood seemed to be happy to be playing that way. Which, which was odd. Um, they did well, and there was a patch in the third quarter where they managed to get it back on their turns, um, which was just became more of sort of a contested running sort of game. Um, but, yeah, for the most part, game was on Hawthorne's terms. That's why they won. So, i got to say, probably outcoached, luckily. Yep, no once surprise again, there. Once again. All right, let's move on uh, onto a, a pretty good segment. No, not, not the best, not everyone's favourite. It's up there, it's up there. Yeah, we do like top five. This time we're going with best names, <laughs> which, which will be a bit of fun. Uh, do you have any honourable mentions? Um, no, I haven't this week. You do? I, I, think, I, I think you've got them covered, yeah. so I'm going to let you go. With I've them. picked a couple. 
the reason they're not in is because the, we, we decided it was going to be best names rather than funniest or most interesting names. <laughs> These are both interesting names, but they're terrible. First one, Sharon Wellingham. And not so much for the Wellingham, which is funny because BT made it funny. But exactly. the Wellingham's a perfectly fine name. I have issues with Sharon. What, what, what kind of a name is that? There is no question that his parents were Sharon and Jared, and they decided to just call him Sharon. Surely that's what happened. Look, it's average at best. I'll give you that. <laughs> it's a terrible it's, name. It's a bad name. <laughs> and the other one's Cade Collar-Jasney. I mean, interesting, but it's not good. No. It's not good. So, who have you got at your number five? Well, mate, um, I went for a, a guy we haven't actually seen too much of recently, but Tendai Mazungu. Oh, you've gone with Tendai. Yeah, it is a good name. It is a good name. Especially, um, it, it seems to add to his character. I always liked him as soon as I found out who he was. Fella, yeah. yeah, so so I've always followed that name. It's he good, it's he looked like a pretty good player for a while there, but dropped off pretty quickly. Became a bit of a role player at Freo and never yeah. really made it. But um, Good under Ross. No, he is a bit of a cult figure and I do like his name. I've gone with, this is my favourite name to say, <laughs> Humor Cluggage. Oh, mate. It's just, there's just something about it. It just rings a bell. I think commentators will love it for a long time. First year player, he's shown a bit. I think he's been nominated for Rising Star, but yeah. I just I just love saying it, McCluggage. I think mate, there's got to be some more interesting names than Hugh McCluggage, though. More interesting, yes, but I just I had to I had to slot it in there just because it's it's just fun. Okay. Surely Bates will right. get around it at some oh, point. He will. Surely. Sure. Who have you got it for? Um, I've got uh, a debutant. He sneaks in because he was a debutant, and that's. Cool. Um, Interesting. Wiley, Wiley Buzzer. Oh, Wiley Buzzer. Yeah, he actually played all right. Yeah? He, he was an interesting one. He was a bit of a cult figure when he was first drafted at nothing, just because he had an interesting name. I think he's got like a mullet or something. He's, oh, classic he's a, real, he's a real sort of, yeah, bogan sort of fella. Oh, excellent. Um, and then, yeah, didn't play for a few years, and now he's got a game. He actually played all right. Mate, he could be terrible. He's <laughs> a good name, Wiley yeah. Buzzer. He could be terrible. He could be like Bootsma. He could be terrible for his whole career, and everyone will still know his name, because it's such <laughs> a ripping name. <laughs> Yeah, he's a good fella. Um, I've gone with uh, Paul Piopolo. Yep. That's also good fun to say. That is. I mean, if it was just Piopolo, that's like that, that's kind of fun. But the, the Paul at the start just tops yep. it off. Oh, it's the alliteration. It's um, just, it's, it's pleasant. He'd have to be Bruce's favourite player. Oh. So. Behind Cyril. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't know. He loves them both quite a lot. Who have you got at three? Um, I've got... This will be controversial. I know you won't be happy. I've got the Orazio. Only at three, mate. At three. I've got him at one. I think it's just a suit. That is the coolest name I've ever heard. (laughs) It's it's, it's an incredible name. It's an entertaining name, but I think um, you'll see my options above it. One um, had one... You know, it, it's it's been a well-known great name for a long time. The other one just has so many uses. It's it's just it's like a yeah. You'll see. It's it's. I think Orazio. It's a great name. It just doesn't quite match the ones higher up on the list. I'm excited to see. Just my thoughts on Orazio is it is the only time in which BT overpronouncing a name and being an idiot was actually deserved based on how great that name is. Adds to his name 100. <laughs> that was excellent. Um, my number three. I've got Sam Powpepper. Oh. The alliteration's great. I like I like a hyphen. A hyphen's important. Um, he's also pretty good footballer, just just, just quietly. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoy that name quite a lot. Mate, you like the uh, alliteration with the P's? I do. This that's also fun to say. Yeah, that's a P's is also is. fun to say. That that's what a lot of this is about. And yeah, I, I do like a hyphen name as well. Yeah. It makes it something stand out. What are you going to do when Pal Pepper plays on Puyopolo? Oh, I, I think BT will lose his mind. <laughs> <laughs> I will absolutely lose his mind. I look forward to that day. Yeah. 
And yeah, yeah, we, we've discussed the fact that there'll be some very amusing uh, Pal Pepper headlines in oh. the future. Just ridiculously using the alliteration. It's a dream. It's an absolute dream for a headline writer. Yep, absolutely. That would have been stoked when he was drafted. <laughs> anyway, so what's your number two? I'm very interested to see who has beaten Arazio. Um... Well, I think we've both got the same number two here. We've got the man who... He he won a competition about having a great name. Yeah, he did. Mr. Steel Sidebottom. (laughs) It's a great name, old side ass. (laughs) It is a great name. I just don't think it's a Razio standard. I just... I mean, that dude does have alliteration, so that's a tick, but... (laughs) I think we've just heard it for too long. Like, I remember for the first few years he was in the league, I thought it was actually hilarious. Now it's just... He's such a good player. He gets the ball so often. If you hear side bottom 30 times a game for... Five years, you just stop finding it funny. Yeah, perhaps I that's, that's why true. Got the number one spot. Yeah, perhaps it has lost a little bit of novelty. I, I understand that. I remember watching a side bottom in his. I think it was the Tack Up Grand Final. And he kicked ten as a midfielder. What? Yeah. Well, I think he was like, he was playing a bit of small forward, a bit of midfield. Um, but he had like a thirty touches kick ten. Wow. Um, and I was like, yeah, he's going to be pretty good. And he is. <laughs> um, and you remembered him thanks to his name. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. So I've also got him at number two. So who, who the hell has beaten side bottom and? Arazia. Mate, it's the most entertaining footballer, not just the most entertaining name, it's the yeah, most entertaining okay, footballer I know where this is going. in the league. It is the Magic Door himself. What a name. You, what an absolute name. I do like the Magic Door. I like him as a player and I do like his name. I, and you had to put him in there because you have to make Rory and Whitey happy there. Oh, it's Whitey's favourite player by a long way. And Butler might be closing in on him. And yeah, Rory bloody loves him, as you know. So you had to put him in there. I, I can understand that. Oh, I'm pretty happy with my top five, though. Well, you've got to say you've got number one. Oh, yeah, I've got a Razia. Yeah, we we know, of course, we've got a yeah. Razia. We got... Yeah. Who else? Look, mate, Matt, I think the magic door, just, just it has that little bit extra. Yeah, you've got to put the the in the front. The that's... magic door. I, mean, I actually, I think we, he kicked, before we played an AFL game, he kicked an incredible goal for um, in the VFL. I think I sent Rory a message saying, gee, that's impressive by the magic door or something like that. And Rory just had no idea what I was talking about. Because <laughs> I spelt it M-A-G-I-C-D-O-O-R. Yeah. Like the magic door. And he took a while to figure it out. But uh, no, it is a good name. I'll give you that. All right, moving on. we got Banjo's Mailbag. Just for the last week of being Banjo's Mailbag. He better be back next week. He's bloody, he told me he was back this week and he didn't realise he had another extra week on his trip. The flog. Um, <laughs> but it's still Banjo's Mailbag for one week, even though we do have one from Poochie as well. But we'll start off with the man, Banjo. Are Melbourne and St Kilda turning into unlikable teams with all the recent crap they've done? And is Melbourne becoming unlikable a good thing for the club? In brackets, can't be unlikable if you're shit. <laughs> this reminds me... Do you remember last year I unveiled my arsehole theory? Yep. Which was that... It was pretty much based on Hawthorne, that one of the main reasons they're so good is because they're a bunch of assholes, And yep. one of the reasons Hodge is so good is because he's an asshole. I think being, being a bad bloke definitely makes you a better footballer. and <laughs> makes the club better. So I don't think we're an unlikable team. I think most people are actually really excited about what Melbourne are doing. We've had some questionable incidents. As I've discussed, though, I think it's more of just a few individuals rather than a team thing. Um, but if we are, I don't really care, and I hope people hate our guts in a few years' time because it shows that we're going all right. So that's actually like the second part of the question I actually think is accurate. Yeah, if, if, but then again, you find North unlikable and North are shit. So well, you made a couple of prelims. Yeah, we did, but and I know Rory. Yeah. <laughs> most importantly, that's the thing is Rory makes everyone hate North, so that's not really yeah, exactly. That's not a normal thing. I know Melbourne are likable. Yeah, they've got some cool players. You know, how can you hate Max Gorn? Exactly. Um, 
he, he, he can hate Tom Bug. Oh, absolutely. Oh, Go yeah. for it. He, he should be hated. That's what he's trying to do. Yeah. But, um, nah, no, nah, we're not unlikable. Aston Kilda, he, I assume he's talking about there was the incident. Have you seen the Rebold incident? No, oh, it, um, yeah, we're calling for the ball and then stepping out of the way. <laughs> yeah, which is almost, well, it's not identical, but it's the same sort of thing that Brent Harvey did a few years ago. Oh, and I completely compare it. And I bagged the crap out of Boomer for it. So I'm going to be fair, I think it's shit out. I honestly think it's terrible. I, I, Gary Lyon said um, uh, that he puts it in the same basket as staging for a free kick. And it should be, I, I 100% agree with that. That I think it's shit. I, I think it's a terrible look for the game. And yeah. I, I have a lot of respect for Nick Rewald, but I actually think it was a really, really poor thing to do. I assume he's also referring to the um, elder sledging with Mark Murphy. Yeah, as well. Carlisle and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I don't, um, I don't think some killer relevant enough to really not like. No, nah, but like the Nick Rewalt thing, like all you, you have to do is laugh. Uh, I, just, I, I just laughed when I saw that. I'm just because as a def- as a defender, he's a young kid. Yeah, the Frio kid who did it. As a defender, yeah. you're standing there in any level of footy. You're standing there, guy who's not the player is calling for the ball. And you're like, all right, I'll chuck it at him. And then he drops it. It's like, well, I probably should have chucked it to the guy who didn't get the free kick. Like, granted, it, it's, a, it's not a good look, but I just laughed and thought, mate, you just got absolutely stooged. I think it's dog. I honestly do. And I, I'm disappointed Nick Rewald for doing it. All right. Yeah, I, I can understand that, but ah, it's fine. It's not cheeky. As well. <laughs> I'm telling you, if Tom Bug did that, Oh, I'd hate. It'd be the guts. end of the world. Everyone <laughs> would despise his guts. It's only because it's happened twice from two people who, I mean, a lot of people dislike Boomer, but like the media thing around him is that he's such a good player that you have to like him. Yeah. So Nick Rewald's a very respected footballer, so they kind of laugh it off a little bit. Yeah, I reckon that might be a thing. Yeah. Mate, if Tom Bug did it, footy would stop. Like it would cease to exist. It's, it's, yeah. People would be furious. Oh no. Okay, moving on. We had a question from Poochie, but it was about uh, Rands being tagged. So sorry, Poochie. I just wanted to give the shout out to him. Uh, he did give some other questions, but this was the one I thought was the best, so I put it in. <laughs> um, but keep sending him in, Poochie. We love you, and it'll be your mailbag next week. Uh, we have a question from a, a new person. I, I got oh. excited at first. I thought he was a random. Turns out he's just Poochie's mate. Oh, mate. <laughs> uh, Tom Moores. Where does Buddy Franklin rate amongst the greatest full forwards of the game? Would you take him over Ablett, Dunstall, or Lockett? I like this question. I think it's quite an interesting discussion. That's a tough question right there. There's a lot of things to consider. Yeah. That. What do you get out of Buddy that you don't get out of the others? But how has the game changed as well? Would the others be able to play in the current game? Exactly. It's, I've always thought with any of these discussions about who's the best player of all time, you can't try to make comparisons of would, would they be able to play now, would Buddy be able to play then. You, like, it, it, there's no way that can be answered. The only way that you can do it is how good they were based on their time. Yeah. Um, and like, based on Buddy's time, He's been clearly the best key forward for 10 years. He has. Then again, so have all the others. <laughs> but, um, like, he hasn't kicked as many goals, obviously. That's explainable by the fact of the time that he's playing in. Yep. He'd be definitely more exciting than Dunstall and Lockett, yes. just in terms of bringing people to the game. Uh, Ablett, the times which I've watched Gary Ablett senior games, the thing which has stood out to me is... During that time, I found there were a lot of kind of vanilla footballers. Like there was a lot; of, all the midfielders all just kind of played the same way. They weren't the same, like not like the indigenous stars we have now, and all of that excitement. And Becky's all over the place. Like yeah. the, I felt like there were a lot of sort of vanilla footballers, and just 
the only player who just stood out above it all. And whenever he was in his vicinity, he got excited was Ablett. Like, yeah. he was an absolute freak. So, in that sense, he's comparable to Buddy. Uh, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tough decision to be out, but I, I think he's definitely in the equation with the others. I think Buddy... Oh, I, I haven't really gotten... Obviously, neither of us got to watch Ablett, Dunstall, Lockett in their prime. Um, mm. So... Take everything we say with a grain of salt. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Buddy, just the things we've seen Buddy do as a big key forward have just completely... He, he has changed the way a key forward plays the game in many ways. The fact that he runs, plays up the field, he's incredibly accurate field kick. He, um, he creates play. Yep, yep. Um, you know, people will be playing that goal, those two goals where he outrun Kale Hooker mm-hmm. you know, all along the boundary line to kick that goal. He's just completely changed the way the position is viewed, and I think that, that in itself, that, that's true. Could, you could argue that makes him better than any of the others. That's right. He impacts the game in a way which no other footballer ever has, yep. playing as a key forward in the, in the manner that he does. So he, I think he's definitely in the equation as yep. one of the great full forwards of all time. But really, we just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and no one does, really. No, Even if you saw them all, you don't, because you can't compare them across times. Yeah. But final question, it comes from uh, Kim Bush, who's, who's my girlfriend. So this is completely um, out of the blue. This is completely yeah. off her own back. Well, here. she says, with the recent tribunal controversies, how do you think the match review panel should be reformed? I thank her for this unprompted question <laughs> because I do have some thoughts on <laughs> um, Look, uh, There's been a lot of sort of scuttlebutt around about how the MRP should be run in the media and a lot of it's driving me nuts and I've, I've formulated five sort of principles that should go forward with, with, with the MRP and the important things um, that they need to make sure that either they're retained or they're changed. All the right. first one is something which needs to be retained, and that is there needs to be an independent body. I, the, the comments which I've heard, I've heard some comments of the AFL should just ch- take charge and do it themselves. doesn't make any sense. Um, I've also heard that there should just be one bloke who sits there... <laughs> and just makes the decision on his own because that will create more consistency. <laughs> the logic behind that being that it's one guy, so he'll just say the same thing. That is not how any reasonable system works. It is, it is absurd. There is no legal system in the world in which that is the way it works. Independence is an incredibly important part of any legal system, like an absolute backbone of it. And in turn, you need to have a group because if you have one bloke, he'll make mistakes and he'll have biases as well. You need to have some guys to tap him on the shoulder and say, what, what the hell are you doing? So the, that, this is one of the good things about the tribunal at the moment, is that there is an independent body and there is a group of people. So, mate, keep that going. you don't want Steve from Dandenong <laughs> driving up every Monday, having a look at the footage for no, the first time, and, and, and having, one of those yeah, having a gut decision Mark, based off that. Mark Robinson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just, but it's just three weeks, Jerry. <laughs> he, says, he says it every week. Uh, the second thing is uh, it's somewhat a change. We need clarity and consistency. What I do like about the system is I like the whole um, ticking the boxes system that they have of the intentional reckless impact to the body of the head, all of that stuff. That's important because that gives them structure. That gives them something to look at. It's not just someone doing it on their gut feel. That yep. absolutely has to be there. The thing which they need to have within that is they need to have a precedent system. It's absurd that they don't have one at the moment. That is that is how you create consistency. I'm not saying that there's a precedent system in which, um, you know, there was a similar incident a couple of weeks ago. We've got three weeks, so you just bang, three weeks. It's a precedent system in terms of each of the, the ticking the boxes. So, for example, a couple of weeks ago, Shuey ran past the ball. He was in five metres of the play and bumped someone in the head. 
They decided that was reckless because it was in five metres of the play. Fine, bang, that's a precedent. Next time that happens, it comes along, if it's within five metres of the play, you say, that means it's reckless. If you can find something to distinguish that, like it was more than five metres or something different occurred, then you can then you can make a different decision, create a different precedent. But the only way in which the precedent can be overridden is distinguishing it based on the facts or being overruled by a higher body, as happens in legal systems. That brings me to my third point, which is we need a much better appeal system. The appeal system is ridiculous. We have seen one appeal in a year. Yeah. Like, clearly the deterrence that they have at the moment, which is, it's not you get an extra week for appealing, it's that you don't get the benefit of a, of a guilty plea. Yeah. Um, it's clearly too strong a deterrent. We need to be able to encourage people to pursue their rights. How many times have we heard clubs say, we disagree with the decision, but... You know, we're not going to appeal it because, you know, we're worried that we'll get another week on top of it. So you need... An, uh, it should just be based on cost. It shouldn't be that someone is gets an extra week. The club should just have to pay costs to go to appeal. So that is some sort of incentive against it. So they're not going to appeal everything. But if they think they have a case, they can go and get... They can go pursue their rights and can get it appealed. Uh, linking into that, more transparency. Yep. There is no transparency in the system at the moment. It is... Um, well, all we really hear out of them, out of the uh, out of the decisions, is oh yeah, we did, we graded it as intentional to the head, high force, blah blah blah. That's yep. all we hear. They never really explain it. When you have this precinct system involved, they can come out and say we graded as reckless for this reason because of this incident in the past or whatever. Then everyone can look at it. Everyone can be oh okay, I understand why that decision was made. If you disagree with it, you have a chance to appeal it. That is how the system should work. The last point's a bit of a catch-all, just greater funding, because this system will be a lot harder to run than it is at the moment. At the moment, they have a part-time system, so you need more funding to make that work. But the system is not working at the moment. I think if you have a precedent system with appeals and more transparency, it'll create a system in which an incident will occur, the media will talk about it, and they'll talk about it more sensibly because they have an idea what's going on. It'll come to Monday, they'll make a decision for whatever reason, we can understand that reason, we can talk about it, and then there's a chance to appeal it. That's fit. Happy with that? Well, mate, all Any, you've just, anything I've done wrong? All you've done is just pitch to me. Just make the AFL a court. Just, just exactly. A it needs to be more legalised. That's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. It's um. Look, it's, it's there are some positives in the system which I want to retain. Yeah. But it needs to be more legalised. Yeah. Well, it's it's certainly an interesting idea. Um. It's um. I'm just glad that you've uh, informed all of our podcast listeners about the legal system and the various things that. Well, it'll work. Can you not tell me that that'll work better? Oh, it, it it would work better, but it's the amount of um, it's the amount of cost, effort, time that'll require a full time body for the match review panel. I don't know. But it's that much of a controversy in the AFL. It's that much of a big issue. Yeah, I still think Steve from Dandenong would do a better job if you just gave him a chance, mate. I, this is one of the biggest question marks over the AFL at the moment, Yeah, is is the MRP. And yeah. they, anyone who looks at the system thinks it, it's crap. It is a joke. You, you, like, you've got to put more money into it and you've got to make it more legalised. Particularly um, stuff like knee-jerk reactions when the public has an outcry about a decision shouldn't happen in, in, in a body like the Match Review Panel. And the fact that it has in the past, like remember when it happened with Viney mm-hmm. um, a few years ago. That, that shouldn't happen. Yeah. So I agree with that. There, there, just, there just needs to be more more boundaries around what they're doing. Yeah. There's, there's, there's not enough. They have some with the tick in the boxes, but they need yeah. they need something clearer. Mate, bring the judges in. 
Exactly. Exactly. I'm not. I'm not shying away from that. That that's just a copy <laughs> of the legal system. But like, that's what it should be. Yeah. Absolutely, that's what it should be. All right, I'm on board. You've convinced me. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on to tips. Uh, Adelaide Bulldogs at the Adelaide Oval. Adelaide. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it's impossible. I think it's possible for the Bulldogs oh, yeah, for to sure. get a big win. But uh, yeah, yeah, Adelaide, you'd have to tip. Hawthorne GWS in Tassie. Give it to GWS here, surely. Yeah, I mean, Tassie is, there's always a possibility with Hawthorne in Tassie. But yeah, GWS, I think they have even more injuries now, but they, they should win it. We'll yeah. tip them. Uh, Collingwood Essendon at the G, that's a big game. This is a big one. I'm going Essendon. I feel like they might bounce back after being completely pathetic for the last two mm-hmm. weeks. Um, and I think Collingwood are headless chooks, so... Yeah, I, I actually think they're both, when they play well, are good teams. Um, I've been pretty hot on Essendon, so I'm going to stick with Essendon. Yeah. Uh, Sydney, Gold Coast at the SCG. Give it to Sydney. Yep, they'll keep their run going. God damn, they're going to make finals. They are. <laughs> Brisbane, Geelong at the Gabba. Give it to Geelong, surely. Yep, yep, Geelong will win that. Uh, St Kilda, Richmond at Eddie Had Stadium. I'm in my bias. I'm going for St Kilda here. I feel St Kilda at Eddie Had. Could be. Could be a good thing. Oh, absolutely, there's a chance. Yeah. Uh, I'll go Richmond. A little bit to be different, but uh, no, I, Richmond will be favourite. I, I think St Kilda a real chance. I think it's a pretty tough tip. Yeah. Uh, North, Frio at Eddie Had. Oh, mate, get on the North bandwagon here, surely. surely. You should. <laughs> you bloody should, unless you're tanking, of course. It's, it would be um, a game to lose if we're tanking. Yeah, North. Uh, Carlton, Melbourne at the G. Look, you're struggling with injuries, but surely you'll get over Melbourne. I would. I, I won't be allowed to, but I would like to delay my tip until I hear selection news. I think if we get Jeff Watts Hogan in, I think we'll win. If we get maybe one of them, I don't think we will. Like, okay. I, I, I act, but so Carlton. I'm, I'm going to notice. No, I'm going to tip Melbourne just because I, I want to tip Melbourne. Yeah. But, um, I, 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 there's a fair chance on Thursday night I'll be tipping Carlton. Yeah. Uh, West Coast and Port in Perth, Domain Stadium. Mate, I told you I bought a ticket. Get on the Port bandwagon. You're going to tip them? I'm going to tip them in Domain, yeah. I reckon they'll, they'll, you be, know they'll what? be fit and firing. We're, we're, on, we're on terms on this. I'm going to do it as well for the fun of it. Yeah. I, I would love to see it. Oh, I would no. love to see it. I oh. love Port. I don't like West Coast. Um, and you know, get their season rolling. So um, thanks for listening, everyone. I'm not going to do Rory's follow us on... Twitter and all of that crap. Um, So, yeah, thanks for listening and, uh, yeah, we love you. Go Roos.